Hello, hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. Ah, feeling really good, really connected. My name is Larry Morris and I am the Financial Shaman. And I have a new tagline I'm workshopping for you guys. Here it is. Don't you think it's about time the spiritual were wealthy inside and out? Playing with that one. That's what came to me in meditation. Why is it that the spiritual believe that it's not spiritual to want money? Everything is spirit, but yet we say money is dirty, taboo, right? We say it's evil. We say, oh, you shouldn't want that. You know why people say you shouldn't want money? Because they're afraid you'll be disappointed when you don't get it. So they tell you, the children, not to do it. It's like a poison placebo. Right? You know what it reminds me of? When we tell children not to want money, or want, want anything, or that anything is evil, or when you tell yourself that, you're doing it to lop yourself off at the knees. So that when you fall, you don't fall as far. That's the psychology. And that is how ridiculous we do this game. Right? And this is what we talk about on this podcast. I'm going to get right into it. I'm not even going to beat around the bush. I'm on one tonight, guys. I don't know where this came from, but it's so obvious to me now. Like, you ever just have those types of interactions with Source or with your day or with the conversation where it's like, Oh, right. How did I not see that? so clear as day and what I'm going to do today is talk about this poison placebo we take that blocks money from coming we shouldn't talk about it we shouldn't want it it's as natural as breathing. It's like saying we shouldn't want air. Every human has to deal with it for the most part. It's a natural part of life, of a society. And yet we've somehow made it evil and bad and we can't talk about it. We can't think about it. We can't want it. And you can't be enlightened and be spiritual. What a load of shit. Everything is spirit. Everything is spirit. Everything is source. Everything is one thing. So to label anything as bad keeps you away from it. Because nobody wants to be bad. Inherently, in my opinion. I mean, there are some people who came, I guess, to play the villain, for sure. But for the most part, let's see, even if we were super generous, I think it's still 80 or 90% of people who aren't confused just want love, understanding, connection, right? They want their basic needs met. But to label any of those basic needs like money, taboo, or bad, and that they won't get the conditional love they seek from their parents or their spiritual leaders if they go after money, 
will keep a population poor for the most part. You ever notice that the most God-fearing people are usually the brokest? Catholics. Work hard, super, super hard, and nothing to show for it. Because if you have the belief system that you have to work hard for money, and you also have the belief system that money's the root of all evil, guess what happens? You're now living in the straitjacket effect. That's what I call it. You have two conflicting belief systems. So now you're working hard for something that's evil that you have to get rid of, that you have to get away from. And spiritual people are no different. We've been also indoctrinated in the same lie. But it's just to lock yourself off at the knees. The analogy I, I look at is like a mobster. This is how the ego works. This is how it convinces you that this is a good idea. The mobster comes into your shop, business, house, whatever, destroys some stuff and say, if you don't want this to happen again, you have to buy protection from us so no one can be a bigger bully. That's so called selling protection. That you have to protect not only from the mobster, mainly, but you get the protection from everybody else. This is how the ego will sell you. It's a good idea not to want money. So that you don't get hurt by those other people out there. So that you don't get your heart broken by the world. Don't want money. I'm going to make you feel bad for wanting it in hopes that you see that as protection from getting your heart broken later by money. Now, yes, you shouldn't attach to money as like, when I get this in, I'll be happy. That's not what I'm saying. But you could say the same thing with love. I don't put myself out there because I don't want to get hurt. But not putting yourself out there hurts. Right? So that is a, it's a lose-lose situation. At least one of them has a shot. If you're putting yourself out there, yeah, you might go through the roller coaster of emotions, which might wake you up to the fact that emotions are there to help clean up your false programming. If you're going through them not knowing that your emotions have a purpose, not just to torment you, then yeah, that would be a little bit hard to do. But your emotions do have a purpose. The emotional guidance system, when you feel fear, rejection, anger, all of these negative emotions are pointing you to false beliefs inside of you that are running the show, your pre-programming. And I'm going to show you one today. You ha we have to get rid of this pre-programming to catapult into wealth. One belief system at a time. And this is a great one. It's not spiritual to want money or it's not spiritual to be wealthy. I don't care if you're religious or not. I guarantee you some guru or somebody has proposed the idea that you have to be like Christ or Buddha or Babaji or Lao Tzu and just walk with nothing. That's a way. It's not the way. It's a way you can go to be a complete, what they call a sannyasi, right? A wandering miscreant who just is 
enlightened and super happy and blissful and the universe takes care of it because it takes care of everything and he always he or she always has meals right and just walks with very little attachment to the earth that's great you can do it that way because there's no wrong way up the mountain there's no wrong way to do life that's unconditional love ladies and gentlemen you are unconditionally loved by source do it however you want it the, the love won't limit but we tell young people we tell people what that source is going to somehow limit love if you don't meet some sort of set of conditions right pay your taxes not that you shouldn't pay your taxes i don't know that came up first that's just an example <laughs> sorry i don't know why my mind went there first anyway um, so, you know, if you don't do these things, if you don't, you know, go to church or if you don't, uh, if you aren't nice to people, even when they're terrible to you, or if you don't, uh, you know, blah, 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 you won't get love from God, right? Honestly, <laughs> if you break any laws in our society, you're going to go that way too. But my point is that we're taught that source is conditionally loving and that therefore we've got to meet a bunch of conditions, jump through a bunch of hoops to get into heaven or to get the love of God, which is a complete lie. That's the brainwashing. That's the indoctrination. You got to get your parents approval. You got to get their conditional love. So we think source is that way. It's not a hard leap for a child to make. Oh, if my parents are conditionally loving and only love me if I go to med school or whatever, then God must be the exact same way because that's who you, you modeled your parents as God when we were children. We thought they were God. They gave us life and food and clothing and shelter and love if you were lucky. Right? So they were God to us. So that's another reason why we believe God's the same way. But what if our parents were programmed for conditional love too, and their parents and their parents and their parents, and we just kept programming all of these kids over and over and over again that they got to jump through hoops, otherwise lightning is going to come and, and zap them down. Right? <laughs> we all secretly think. You're not the only one. Everybody's indoctrinated to believe that if they do something wrong, something bad is going to happen to them. If not here, then in the afterlife. Right? That's the lie. You're unconditionally loved at all times, no matter what. Source never doesn't give you love. Everything that we are and see and taste and experience is all source it's all unconditional love that's all it is and when you start to vibrate and you start to open your heart to it it matches that and it brings up things that could be painful but are there for you to learn from to alchemize some trauma that has something to teach you about the way to perceive the world that would stop hurt from happening And I'm going to drop one on you tonight. I might not publish this one. I know I say that every once in a while. But I honestly might not. But I probably will. 
Um, this one is about, I didn't see this till the other day. I mean, I had thought about it. I had seen it. I, you know, paid attention to it, but not, I didn't see the mirror of it like this. So check this pattern out. See if this kind of wakes us up to how could an entire human population be brainwashed? <clears throat> well, it's obvious parent to child, but still what I mean is I want to look at the parallels between sex and money with regard to the belief systems around them, right? So if you are uncomfortable talking about sex, then just go ahead and skip away. Evening. Thank you. How you doing? Good. People are so nice here in Colorado. Um, everybody's super nice. Everybody I talk to just super nice here in Colorado. Uh, plus it's gorgeous. Anywho, so this, if this is uncomfortable, if talking about sex is uncomfortable for you, this isn't the podcast for you, right? I'm not going to get super graphic or anything, but we're going to look at the parallels at the taboo of sex. Where does that come from? Right? It's a natural human function experience whatever you want to say it's a natural human thing it's in nature we have to do it to procreate and keep the species going it's just like we have to eat or breathe right so why would something literally natural and extremely enjoyable if done correctly right not that you can really fuck it up you know what I mean. <clears throat> And extremely enjoyable is taboo. Why would that be? Think about if we did that with food. Right? Think about if we did that with food. We said, you're, you, you have to eat, but you're not allowed to enjoy it. Right? Or you can only eat at these times. Oh, wait, we already do that. <laughs> or you only, you know, you can only consume at these times with these people. And, and we like try to put all these rules around it. There's all these rules about when it's, when you're allowed to enjoy sex and when you're not, if you're even allowed to, some people don't even give them that, that pleasure, that satisfaction. That's how taboo it is, right? Sex is somehow evil or bad or dirty. Why? Because that's what your parents taught you so that you wouldn't have sex too young for their liking. Right? And because that's what they were taught. So here's what I noticed the other day. I was working with a client about this. And what I had noticed is that there's extreme similarities to the money in this same way with the poison placebo. So let's say that I'm just going to paint a somewhat hypothetical example that, you know, you have an, uncon an unconditionally loving mother, right? And the best she can be unconditionally loving. <clears throat> and she loves her, her kids and all that. But she sees, you know, a young lady talking about sex. I'm talking about like a six, five, six-year-old 
talking about sex and using dolls on each other, and she flips out, an overreaction, which makes the child feel shame about sex, but it's something that everyone does. It's something that everyone has the urges to. So a child is, not, is totally innocent going, why is this taboo? Why am I made to feel shame for something I feel going on in my body? Right? Imagine if we shamed ourselves for burping or farting. Just completely like, never do that. Don't ever do Like just, it's a natural part of the body. What are we talking about here? Now, yes, there are people that use it to escape life and maybe take it too far. And there's all kinds of things for sure if you want to go down that rabbit hole. But I'm just saying like with the general genera generally now things have shifted over the years but generally people are still very cagey about talking about sex only with people they really feel comfortable with because it's super taboo but still a natural part of life but what if you're made you make a child feel ashamed of this thing why why would we do that because if they feel a little bit of shame now, you say to yourself, if you even think about this, if they feel a little bit of shame now, when they're a kid, we can correct the behavior, which means to domesticate, just like you would a puppy, right? We can correct the behavior so that they don't have sex too young and aren't shunned and felt ashamed by the entire society. So we give you a little poison placebo now, make you feel a little bit ashamed now so that you won't go get knocked up when you're 12, 13 or whatever, you know, when you can't start so that the entirety of our society doesn't shun you. That's how we're going to protect you from it with shame now. But the problem is you've implanted the shame around a subject. So now it's like Pavlov's dog. Right? When the bell rings, the, the dog salivates. When people talk about sex, you feel that same shame come up. Because the, the programming is still there. That's the programming. Just like if you pooped in the living room and got your nose rubbed in it. So now you get scared when you have to poop. If you're in the living room, I mean, for a dog, hopefully that's clear. <laughs> These are jokes. All right, relax. Anywho. <laughs> All right. So the same thing happens with sex. The same thing happens with money. Look at it. How young are you when you're like, hey, dad, can I, or mom, can I have some money for this? Or can we get this or whatever? Same, right? Around the same age, you're trying to figure life out. And they shame you for it. Don't talk about money. Don't bring up that. We can't afford it. And they get all triggered. And we're going to get into that in a second. But they make you feel ashamed for talking about money. Same as sex. Even though it's a natural part of life that everyone has to deal with. Just like it's a natural part of the body. Right? With sex. Imagine if we were this way about pooping or peeing, for God's sakes. But what happens to a, a person who gets this shame put in them? Now, 
one of two, well, there could be more than one of two things, but what's in my head right now is there's one of two things that is going to happen. One, they're going to feel this shame every time and they don't, they, they don't deal with it, they repress it, and they don't like it so much that they don't have sex until they're married or way later, trying to, you know, make sure that the shame doesn't rear its ugly head. I don't know how you would know later than marriage, but you know what I mean. <sighs> they, will, they will, you know, wait, which some people think is a great idea. Fine. But if the reason you're choosing to do that is because you have repressed shame about sex, that is going to be problematic for the rest of your life. Because what happens when you have a sexual urge that's outside the norm? That shame comes up. And how often do we have sexual urges, for God's sakes? Right? It's hormonal. It's natural. We have to keep the species going, right? So, and then look at the same thing with money. Like, when are you supposed to get to talk about it? Now you feel the shame about money because, oh, if I talked about money and my mom got super pissed off, it's a trigger. And that pissed, you know, she got pissed at me for bringing it up. So now I feel bad. Even though I had no clue that it was a bad subject to bring up ever. I don't, I still don't understand. That's all I remember. Both. Well, not as much about sex. <clears throat> but that's what I remember about being a kid about money. Super confused. Like, why can't I talk about this? Why does everybody get upset when this gets brought up? What the hell is going on? They're trying to protect you from the future hassle they see or struggle of money. To let you be a kid for a while. And not have the pressures of money. That's great. Guess what? We still have them as a children because you're an empath and you absorb what's going on with their parent, your parents and they're stressed out about it and won't talk about it. Why? Because you're just a kid. And because they were shamed too when they were kids talking about money. Do you see this? This parallel? And what happens, I'm sorry, there's one of two things that's going to happen with the, you don't have sex for a long time, or you rebel against that, right? If you're talking about what happens if you are shamed about sex when you're young, or you rebel against the shame and you're like, screw that. What's the big deal? And maybe you go too hard the other way. No, you know, no pun intended. Right? So now... That could, that is the, the opposite of what the training wanted to do, but that's also what could happen when you introduce a poison placebo. It could backfire. Because people have a very hard time repressing all of this energy, the sexual energy. You want to call it Kundalini, whatever. That chakra, the base chakra, there's energy in it. There's energy to get it. There's energy to feel it. There's definitely energy in sex. And you could argue a lot. It's one of the, scientifically, one of the only things that humans routinely do that will bring you into the present moment. 
Almost no one, when they're having sex, is thinking about their taxes. I don't think I brought that up again. Or whatever, you know, accounting. Unless you're an accountant, maybe. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what it could do is be a poison placebo. Either way is not going to be helpful. This whole idea of feeling shame for a natural occurring thing is ridiculous. But this is what we do to try to just tweak your perception enough to say, if you feel shame about this now, maybe you won't feel ashamed about it later if you get a little bit of it now. That doesn't make sense. So now you have an entire population. No one talks about money or sex unless, you know, behind closed doors with people you trust or whatever. But all of that repression comes out. All of this angst, right? All this, you know, there's tons of porn, right? Not that that's bad. There's no, it's all unconditional love. I'm not saying that. But it's just like, there's just tons of stuff out there and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just now it's exploding but what? There's a ton of people angry because we want to keep it hidden from children so they don't grow up too fast. So we protect them and let them be kids. Innocence. But the thing we're trading for the innocence is shame. Which makes it worse. And especially if you don't know how to process those kinds of emotions right but this is what we do it's almost like we're kicking the can down the hill generation after generation until some group some generation comes along and goes enough is enough this is ridiculous these people couldn't process their emotions. They couldn't unprogram or unbrainwash themselves. This is decades, centuries, thousands, eons of years old stuff that we're dealing with. Money stuff is 5,000 years old. Still, if you read some of the psychology around money from the past, it's same today. The people that had a lot of it were exalted like gods. The people who had not, not very much of it were treated like dirt. Sound familiar? The same programming has been happening over and over and over again. So when we look to the past at what has been done before, it's not to go, yay, let's keep tradition going. It worked for them. It didn't work for them. Don't you get that? It didn't work for them back then. There is so... Here's what I mean. 50% of every female on this planet has been sexually assaulted. 50%. One in two, ladies and gentlemen. I deal with it all of the time when people come to me it's ridiculous how much it happens. These are our sisters. You know, these are our family. These are our women. And we're, this is what happens when you repress it and make it a shameful thing. Right? These young men have no idea what to do with this energy. 
I know I was one of them. I didn't, thankfully, didn't do anything. I didn't assault anyone or anything. But um, I didn't even get the opportunity. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But you know what I mean. Uh, back then, I was so... I was so caught up in my not good enough story, I couldn't even talk to women. I could be friends with them. I did that really well. But yeah, anyway, this is what happens to a young generation. Then you throw booze in it. Heaven forbid. Oh my God. This sexual energy, these hormones won't be denied. And when we make in all these weird rules, of course we have to look out for diseases. I'm not saying just free love it. But it's what it reminds me of is the kid... And we all know this kid who never got sugar at home. And then they go to their friend's house or they go somewhere for Halloween. All of a sudden they're introduced to sugar and they gorge. This is what happens with repression and suppression of our natural ways of being. Right? It's the same thing with money. Money is as natural to us because we're in a society. Society has grown rather large if nobody's paying attention. So it would just be the same as transportation is a part of life. So is money. Why is it taboo? Because we've been indoctrinated by our parents who didn't want us to worry about it. Didn't want us to think about it. Didn't want us to share in their struggle too young. It's ridiculous. And then you have all of these amazing women who are still trying, after all of this craziness they get from men, they're still trying to enjoy sex and are told... Well, yeah, if you have to have it, you have to be married. Or if you have to have it, you're not allowed to enjoy it until you're married or until it's true love or whatever. Weird conditions to enjoy something as natural as breathing, don't you think? And I don't want to really go down the, the <clears throat> polyamory, you know, how monogamy is kind of ridiculous. I will just say, though, it does seem like we could evolve beyond it at this point. Like, it wouldn't be that hard of a leap to make. Because how do you promise to love someone forever? Maybe you could promise to love someone forever, but you can't promise that your lives won't go in a different direction. That you won't wake up one day and be like, my heart is going in this direction, your heart's going in this direction, we gotta go, you know? Or say it like this, like, you marry someone, the next day you find out you're a serial killer. They're a serial killer, excuse me. Are you allowed to leave the relationship? Like, stuff happens. I'm not saying the serial killer happens a lot. It's an extreme, obviously. I recognize it's an extreme hypothetical. But I'm just saying, stuff happens, right? You don't know what tomorrow brings. The only thing that you could argue about monogamy is that you promise to give this person a chance before just bailing super easy. You know? To try to work through it. If it's work throughable. That's the only thing I can promise to. It's like, 
I'm not just, if, if I see a red flag, I'm not just going to cut bait. Like, we, if we can work through it, let's try. That's about the only thing you can promise. And that might change. Maybe it's a red flag and you're like, nope. You know, again, serial killer, obviously extreme, but that's a red flag. I'm out. There's no working through that one. Right? So, we've repressed generation after generation of men and women about sex. So they wait to a certain age that society approves of to have a child or to have sex and possibly have a child. And I'm not saying those rules are wrong. I'm just saying, why are we doing it through shame? That's the part I have. Like, that's what needs to change to sit him down and go, you're having sexual urges. We get it. We were young too. Watch out for diseases. You know, you know, play, talk. Why are we so scared to talk to kids? I think it's because we're scared to not know the answers. Because as the adult or the role model, you're supposed to know. And it's hard for people to say they don't know. I fully believe because of our education system, because we were supposed to cram everything in our head. And if you were asked a question and didn't know, you were shamed again. Oh, wow. There's a familiar theme here. Are you seeing this? Entire generation of wallflowers. They don't want to speak up and don't want to stand out because they were shamed for it. Because their parents didn't know how to process their thoughts, emotions, and feelings, and triggers and traumas. Right? And that's the reason. This is what I mean by we're kicking the can down the road. We don't know how to handle this programming and these emotions. So we're going to kick down can down the road to you, to you, for you guys to figure out how to deal with this shit. Because we have no clue. We're in the emotional dark ages. If you don't realize, and I'm not saying this to like, please realize, not if you don't, you're dumb or anything like that. Please realize that Everything is for you, right? Especially your emotions. Especially your emotions. It's your emotional guidance system for a reason. It's the way your heart and soul is communicating to you. And when you have negative beliefs, that communication means you're believing false programming. You're believing a lie. And you just don't know it. And people didn't know it until now. I mean, I'm not the first one to discover this. Obviously, I learned it. It's been sort of known, kind of. Abraham's been talking about the emotional guidance system forever. 40 years at least. It took me this long to figure it out and understand what she, she was talking about. But either way, and I'm grateful for this. Don't get me wrong. Super grateful. It's been the cornerstone, keystone of everything I've done. 
everything I've unraveled has all been through the heart, right? I just said that on the last podcast. It's the key to everything. And these emotions are no different. And this is, if you're going through life, believing that your emotions don't have purpose, that they're just there to hurt you, this is going to be a tough game. You know how I know? Because I did that. I did that. 37 years, right? I didn't know how to understand what was going on. But my point is, now if we do, then we need to break the chains of the past. These indoctrinated belief systems that have been passed down over and over and over again to, for someone to finally figure it out and not have their kids do the same exact thing as them. Be full of anxiety and fear, constant suffering. To have disease because you have dis-ease, you're out of alignment, you're out of ease. We don't know how to deal with this. So we're kicking the can down the road to you guys. So now that we know, we got to let go of these beliefs. I don't care how many generations old they are. If they don't feel good, if they don't feel, if they don't pass your heart test, right, you, you filter through your heart. Does it feel good to think that money is the root of all evil? No! That feels terrible. That feels like I'm somehow in a game I can't win. That's, this is a torture chamber. I don't want to believe that. I don't believe that. That's ridiculous. But, so, but if you want it to be that way, you can choose to be that way. You can choose to have a nightmare here in this dream. That's the hard thing to remember. Like, I keep thinking everyone wants unconditional love. Everyone wants happiness, joy, gratitude, ease, wealth. No, that's not the case. Some people do not. They want the nightmare. How could that be, Larry? And the only thing I can tell you is some people like horror movies. Some people love that rush of fear and anxiety and worry and dread like they're clinching white knuckled at the top of a roller coaster some people love that i mean i love a good roller coaster too but not when it's life <laughs> i much prefer to be anchored in feeling unconditional love every single day that sounds way better to me, but not to everyone. By saying that, because as we break these bondages, right, these chains of belief systems, there will be those that resist because it, mean, it, it means their whole life was a lie. So I'm not saying an age. All I'm saying is, of flexibility. If they are inflexible, whether they're old or young, 
and are not willing to evolve and drop belief systems, which, yeah, it might be painful to believe that your life is a lie until you let go of that one too. That everything was happening for you, not to you. That you broke out of this bondage to break other people out of this bondage. Eons old belief systems. And here's a clue that it's bullshit. If you want a clue that there is a shitty belief system out there, regardless of if 99.9% of people believe it or not, it goes against nature. A belief that goes against nature is a real big eye-opener that you're playing a game you cannot win. You have natural instincts to have sex. I'm not saying you hump everything that moves. Unless that calls to your heart, you know, good for you. It, if that's what your heart wants to do because it's been repressed, go to town. You don't need my permission, but you have it if you needed it. But I'm just saying, if something goes against natural instinct, especially something like sex or money, money, if you can't see, it's the organizing, it's the way this game is being organized. It's the way we move resources around. The main way. That means it's natural to us. We're trading energy of sorts for each other's service or creations. Right? So that's just going to be as natural. And to have taboo and not talk and shame and don't think about money as... I'm going to tell you right now what it is. It's just another doorway inside. It's the doorway that I took. I wanted to figure out money so bad. that I learned to go inside. And that changed everything. It's just a different way up the mountain. If you go after money, right? And you run into your limiting beliefs when doing it, and you want to change those limiting beliefs, then that was the best doorway for you. It might not be. But it was for me. It still continues to dazzle me, the belief systems that we've built in order to keep money away from us. Because it's a way to control the game, you see. If we say all we have to do is believe we're not good enough, that we don't deserve wealth, money is evil, it's taboo, don't talk about like all this stuff, right? There's never enough. We just keep money from us, wealth from us, the ability to flow and create. We keep it from us to control the game. Here's what I mean. If you want to have a horror movie, just keep believing this crap. 
If you want to have one where the hero wins in the end, let go of this nonsense. Find whatever way you want. I like Byron Katie's The Work. It's my favorite. But there are plenty of other ways that might resonate with you more. Find a way to remove limiting beliefs. A methodology. I don't Whatever. It doesn't matter. You have to find a way to remove limiting beliefs. Like I said, go watch a couple of videos of Byron Katie's The Work. Sit down with some of these money beliefs. And listen to your heart when, they, when you feel the responses, when the turnarounds. Now, what if you want to have sex in the future? And you know, or money, and you know now that the belief systems are what's causing the problem and the traumas and the trapped emotions and all the things you experienced all the shame that's been buried generation over generation and day over day right now that you know that now you realize that the only work there really is to do is inside of you Because if you do any work outside of you to get to love, to get to sex, to get to money or wealth, while still pre-programmed for failure, if you believe that there's never enough money, that has to be right. And you will destroy whatever money comes in, or you won't even see an opportunity sitting right in front of you. Okay. So you realize, I'm not saying that any work outside of you is futile, per se. But what I am saying is it's definitely not going to be as effective. What if... Follow me on this. And I'm sure you've heard me say this before, and I'm sure I'm not, I got it from a teacher, one of my teachers, <coughs> Mashar. So, calls the rubber band. Oh, that's a little loud for the water. Sorry about that. Now, calls it the rubber band effect. The rubber band effect is imagine you're sitting in a slingshot, and you're pulled all the way back as tight as you can, and you're grabbing onto the ground so you don't fling. And what you're actually grabbing onto is limiting beliefs. You're grabbing onto the small story of you. And one by one, you unclench one belief at a time from grabbing onto that ground. And you've repressed, this is what Abraham calls the vortex. You've repressed all of this sexual energy. You've repressed all of this wealth energy. Wealth is a frequency. Abundance is a frequency. I just say the abundance frequency applied to money as well, right? Abundance is a frequency. Sex is a frequency. Unconditional love is a frequency. They're energy centers, right? 
So you have a ton of energy that's been repressed and stored, let's say. You've limited yourself for so long that when you let go, you get catapulted into a new reality. The path of least resistance is through the heart. How else are you going to feel resistance? <laughs> you have to feel a resistance. You have to feel fear. Right? So you have to know your emotional guidance system to go to the path of least resistance, which is when you feel fear, what do I have to believe about this situation in order to feel this feeling? Bam! Limiting beliefs show up. And one at a time, whatever method you choose, undo those limiting beliefs. Wow, the fear is gone. For the most part, they're still... If there's trauma underneath it, you got to get to that too. But <clears throat> Anywho. There's sex... What, if you've been repressing your sexual energy... This is a creative energy too, right? In, in actually, it was funny. Napoleon Hill, which is, in my opinion, the father of self-development, really. His book, Think and Grow Rich, changed everything. Remember always that the first spiritual self-development book was a money book. It's still the greatest, self -help, greatest selling self-help book of all time. So it cannot be denied. And in it, he, he brings up the law of attraction. This is in the 1930s and 40s, by the way. He brings up the law of attraction. And he brings up this sexual energy. Talking about Einstein, talking about Lincoln, talking about all these people who were highly imaginative, highly energized because they were highly sexual. Right? In, you know, in the proper way, if you want to have that. In the way that was permitted. Right? <clears throat> because it's, it's an energy that we're repressing, just like we're repressing money. We're repressing our abundance, frequency. It's our natural state. But we're the one limiting it. We're the one shutting it down. And we don't even know it. And until you're on the other side, and you're going, oh, this is on me. I'm doing this. And now I can see every, why the mirror reflected back to me every, in every situation, why it did that. Because I believed this, and I believed that, and I believed money was the root of all evil. And I believed it was better to be poor and happy and rich and miserable and I believe this bullshit and this bullshit and this lie that's on me and now I got to be the one to clean it up and what happens when you start to clean up this lens is the catapult It's like magic, but you know it's not magic. It's just the way the universe works. If I can talk.
You're just talking and then it just stops. <clears throat> it's the way the universe works. It's not magic. It's a mirror. And it reflects back what I believe about it. If I know how to get rid of limiting beliefs, I can create whatever I want in the mirror. And you'll always have what you need. And what you need is to follow your highest excitement. That is literally everything. Imagine you could follow your highest excitement in any, uh, every second of every day. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And I know there's things that are blocking you from getting that. I'm still working through it myself. Checking in. Is this exciting? Following my heart. Right? Moment by moment. I'm working on it. It's actually been very enlightening. Pun. Is that a pun? I don't know. Joke intended? Anyway. So, if you could, why wouldn't you? That's the whole point. That's why we drop limiting beliefs. So we can be in that highest excitement all of the time and feel amazing. That's what, you, that's what we believe the money's going to bring. So let's just go there now. And watch as the money comes. That's, that's the key. You clean the lens. And the mirror reflects back to you what you believe about it. The greatest thing we have, our power to control this reality, is in our perception. You shift perception, the whole reality changes. Like a 3D puzzle or image or whatever. Clean the lens, everything changes. What if we didn't repress any more of that sexual energy? What if we didn't repress any more of our money energy, our wealth energy, our abundance energy? What if we didn't repress any more of our unconditional love? And say, no, you have to meet my conditions for me to love you. Oh, you didn't do what, you know. You didn't text me on my birthday. Not going to love you anymore. Well, whatever. That's us repressing it. That's us. We're doing that. It's a weird game, right? Fun, but it's fun when you know what you're doing. And it's not unconscious pre-programming. Pay attention anytime something goes against nature or goes against how you feel. We're going to feel our way into this, guys and gals. It's all about feel in this space all about feel why would we go against nature 
if you were full, you just finished a dinner, you know, at the dinner, at the, <laughs> you just finished dinner at the restaurant, you're full, do you go and order another meal? No, why? Because you're full. You feel full. Your feelings are telling you to fucking stop. So why would we go against that? Not many people, well, there's some people that do, but not many people do. But it's okay if we go against nature of our sexual energy? That doesn't make sense to me. It's okay if we feel poor and like a victim and like God wants us to suffer. That's okay. We repress our wealth. That's not okay for me. I'm I'm not cool with it. I'm done. Or I'm working on being done with that. Hope you will join me. Let's break these generations old bondage. Let's let's write a new story. How about that? People hate reruns. Whatever you do, know that I love you. I appreciate your attention. I really do. We are different crickets in the same night grass. Different stars in the same sky. My unconditional love to you. Good journey, my friends. Hello, you're getting a little bonus content here. I know I did a wonderful sign-off. That was probably touching and moving. But uh, I was meditating and I just had one more, two more points to add really quick. And that is, did you ever notice that when we shame a child, uh, specifically around things like money or sex, that now they don't know who to come to to talk about it when it does happen because it's a natural occurring thing? Meaning, if you shame your child, if I shame a child about sex, about sexual urges, or talking about it, or having any feelings in the nether regions, or any of that stuff, first of all, if they're curious, who do they go to now? Possibly the internet, possibly their friends who don't know as much either because they were shamed into it as well, right? But let's say now the child does have sex or is abused now who do they come to because you if if the parent made them feel ashamed about sex they they're not safe to talk to because they'll react overreact more than likely right so now what happens is the children have sex or are abused and they don't know who to come to no adult is safe because every adult freaks the fuck out when a child talks about sex because no one knows who to no one knows how to process these emotions. And we're all so scared to talk about it. Right? So now, if something does happen, the child doesn't know who to go to. No one's safe. Because their parents aren't safe. It's the same exact thing with money. 
It's the same exact thing with money. Now let's, let's say they lose their lunch money or they get a bully takes it or whatever. You know? Or they want to buy something. Now they're too scared to talk about it because you made them feel shame over money. Not you specifically, or your, the parents made them feel shame over money. So now they want a Christmas present, but it's, if they judge it as too expensive, they won't ask for it. Right? Now they feel bad when their parents have to spend money on them. Now it's not a safe topic. You see all the problems that arise from this? So, again, let's rethink why we would shame a child, why we would feel ashamed of something as natural as sex or money. Because as someone who deals with shame constantly, it is extremely... I was about to say bizarre, but it's not really bizarre, is it? It's interesting, to say the least. Grown adults are ashamed about their money situation, specifically about debt. Every adult American, almost, is ashamed about debt, even though every single adult American has to deal with debt. It's another way in which we move resources around. You could call it the shadow side of money. I have... And even though debt came first, helping your neighbor out and they help you out later came first before money, we have been indoctrinated and domesticated and shamed into believing debt is bad. And now every single adult American won't even talk about their debts. Unless it's of one that they feel safe talking about, like a mortgage, where everyone else has one, right? But even still... Those lines are blurred. This is what happens. Now you're so scared, not you specifically, now people are so scared to talk about it that they don't find solutions. They just live and suffer with the shame. This is one of the most dangerous things about shame is that it stops you from talking about it. Because you are made to believe something is wrong with you. Let me tell you something. Nothing is wrong with you. Period. End of sentence. But definitely nothing is wrong with you. That is a natural occurring thing in life. Sex. The body. Drinking water. Breathing air. Eating. Sleeping. Right? These are basic needs. Expressing yourself is also a basic need. Money, whether we want to argue about it or not, is pretty much a basic need. It's a natural occurring part of living in a society. So why would we ever feel ashamed about it? Because we were indoctrinated to. We were domesticated to. So let's start to let go of this shame around sex and money and anything that naturally occurs so that we can better understand it, first of all. And so we can stop blocking it from coming into our lives. 
this is the first step. You, we have to love. We have to love these things enough to talk about them. To love them enough to see that they are a part of source. They are a part of all that is. They are a part of life for a reason. God doesn't make mistakes. Nothing is out of place. It's only our judgment, our arrogance, hubris that makes it that way. And our judgment is stopping it from flowing. Because if you judge something as bad, you will keep it away from you. I hope that helps. Replay the natural, the really sweet sign-off I did. Kidding. Hope you have a great day, week. Love you all. Thank you for your time and attention.